Hi, I'm Riyal Safi and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and in that way you'll never miss another episode. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Out Loud. And on today's episode, we're going to catch up with uh, Penny Crowley. Uh, she's a South African choreographer and professional ballet, modern and Spanish dancer. In 2005, uh, she started the Vikasi Ballet Theatre Professional Dance Company that also offers dance classes. Hey, Penny, I struggle there to say your surname. Let's get this right. <laughs> it's Kole. Oh, okay. No, uh, Kole. <laughs> it's okay. Kole. Kole. <laughs> I don't know why. It doesn't even spell the way it sounds. Um, but that's my um, bear, what, what my cross to bear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Penny, it's such a great pleasure to have you and thinking out loud. Now, Thank what's... You for having me. What's something uh, the uh, people seem to misunderstand about you and your career? Um, that I do not have to work like any other business, that I'm just having fun. <laughs> and with any business, there has to be the administrative side and it has to be checked all the time. Um, and also the financial side, making sure that we plan correctly, um, considering the adjustments that everybody's had to do lately, my financial um, education has had to kind of grow also. Um, my business acumen has definitely grown every year. Um, you would think that I'd be dancing around, but I'm not dancing, I'm actually always um, learning more and more about business. So that's the one side that people don't really get to see, nor consider that I actually am growing in. <laughs> wow, so so that's quite amazing. So you working on entrepreneurship while still running your business as well and, and learning more about entrepreneurship, that's very important. Especially from a South African context and perspective, um, where um, one of the things that can boost our economy is entrepreneurship. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well done to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think after dancing for um, forever now, I'm 40 now. So um, I was dancing since I was 11. So I'm really... Um, understanding the layout of our country. Having traveled also, it's made me understand what support systems are needed. And being here at home for this long with COVID has also helped me create a system where I don't have to wait for government or assistance, but create a system where um, the growth in the business pays for itself as well as maintaining itself. Now, I was going to ask you a bit about your journey, but since you've uh, confirmed with us, you started at 11. Uh, how did it all happen for you if you were to look back? Yeah, so I used to, I don't know um, if anybody would remember, but before there was apartheid. <laughs> and yes. then in that time, um, the schools were separated. So um, when, Mon when Mandela was freed, then schools in the suburb areas were now left vacant. Um, and so they were called Model D schools. Yes. So the schools that had um, like half white, half black mm -hmm. students, or at least 
in the colors on those spectrums, <laughs> balancing yeah. out a little bit more, we're called Model C. And I was at a Model D school. So a Model D was just basically black students and the teachers were left with just no students. So at this school, there was two choices of extramural that were implemented um, after getting the students set up. And that was karate and ballet. And I knew for sure that I did not want to do any kicking or punching. Yeah. So I chose the latter option, not knowing very much about it. Um, and especially the classical music, because uh, my dad thankfully used to um, play some classical music now and again. So it wasn't unfamiliar um, and it felt very homely. So um, the dancing was very foreign. Um, also how you stand, your whole structure and how you stand is very different. Um, so the choices were between ballet and karate. And after having chosen ballet, I realized that my life had similarities to the dancing. I love dancing to music. Um, my dad loved jazz and I liked being busy. It's, I don't know if that answers anything. Because, <laughs> you know, you can sit around in the township and then trouble finds you. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to do anything. You could just I, be at the Idle minds, isn't it? Yeah. So I thought to myself, let me rather be busy getting to know this ballet thing. And that's how I literally started. And from then on, um, I was um, told about the National School of the Arts. So another whole new world was opening up for me. Um, from art school, I learned a lot um, about the arts um, as yes. a whole and how we can partner up with other artists um, in terms of the business side of things. And then also what I learned is you can still have multiple careers and be successful at multiple careers. I think back then our parents were told you're a nurse and, you know, do nurse things. And then you can never really try anything else. And so um, art school taught me that we could literally have multiple um, opportunities to further yourself um, and they could be non-related but still be passions of yours. Now, the arts is something that's quite difficult to establish yourself in um, and for you it was a very unconventional choice as well. So here you had karate and you had ballet, you chose ballet, you then found some similarities like you said but it must have been quite a tough hill uh, that you had to climb to get to where you are today and I'm sure the journey continues. Yes, yes. So, um, so to kind of fast track and say um, that the, the thing that pushes me right now is the challenges that I faced. Considering that I had to get on a taxi and go to a studio in Parkhurst from Alex um, and the taxis don't go all the way to the studio. So um, I now organize transport for my students, um, for those that cannot or their parents are working at the time. That's amazing. Um, to try and give more children opportunities to learn about dancing. Not everybody's going to stick around, but the benefits in terms of your posture, your health, your motor skills, your social skills um, is beyond what I could um, say I'd learned at schools um, with science and maths. Um, I feel <laughs> very strongly that 
I mean, I love science and math. Don't get me wrong. I just think that we all do. We all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to count that money. But um, the thing that helped me the most was networking skills. Um, being able to present what it is that you want to do verbally without feeling the the um, stage fright, um, and saying what you really want to say at the time that it needed to be said, um, is what I learned in high school. Um, and then thereafter, I went to London. Um, oh, that's to, my favorite place. Um, I, I lived there as well for a couple of years. <laughs> it was the most expensive, amazing place. <laughs> <laughs> you write about the expensive. But what I really like, and I must be honest, this is where my um, interest in the arts has also uh, taken, uh, I've taken it a step further because it's just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think London taught me as a young lady, because obviously you just finished school, you want to you wanna cement and also make your mark on the world. And you kind of discover what it is that you're missing at home, mm-hmm. um, that you think you can bring back, but not only bring back, um, leave, leave a legacy that would make sense for home. And so I struggled a lot with how would I come to a place where even my mom didn't know what ballet was for, for all of my, you know, <laughs> high school and primary. She's just like this thing with you and the whites, <laughs> 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 you know, bless her heart. She supported me a lot. My dad too. Um, but it wasn't something that they were familiar with. Um, of course. And also the support, even if I achieved something, it was like, oh, they gave you a little medal from your little things. <laughs> so it, it's about educating a whole community. So I decided while I was in London that clearly my cross is to educate so that my, ch- my children and their children's children can now be celebrated. But somebody has to bear the burden of educating and giving more options to our children, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate our nurses, doctors, and mechanics, but there's so much more. That's why coding is taking over. That's why um, Instagram, you know, all these platforms that were not quite accessible um, are now becoming a lot more accessible to us. And also, um, I, I like the fact, and I all, I'm, I'm a believer of the fact that, you know, um, sometimes they say if you learn something, you learn it once, but when you teach it to someone, you learn it over and over and over. And that allows you to be a yeah. better at what you do. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I have improved immensely in how I relate to different ages of kids. So I teach from three years old. Um, I'm very strict. I'd like them to be able to let me know if they are not feeling well, if they don't understand. So the communication has to be at a level where we can um, understand each other. Um, And some other studios don't need that kind of element, but I feel that that has taken me to the next level in business, being able to do um, the um, evaluation with the client even as young as three years old type of thing, you know? Um, And what it does as well is that managing parents, managing parents' expectations, understanding the environment and managing competition, making sure that the competition is healthy, um, but understanding that competition is only a tool, not a measurement of the whole individual. 
Now you must have uh, have come across some great stories uh, with working with students. Uh, has there been anyone that's touched your heart? Any student that you worked with and you can say, that is what I've been doing this for. This is the inspiration that I'd like to share with people uh, when I someday look back at my story. Um, yes, there was a um, dancer who came when I was still very young. Um, I think I was 24 at the time and now I'm 40. Um, You're still young. And, <laughs> you know, Life begins at 40. Very no, I'm still, I'm still going to four years. Four years. Um, so she came in and she loved dancing. Um, she liked working so hard and she was so focused. Um, and I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of um, death from HIV at the time, not HIV AIDS. Um, so she unfortunately lost, she didn't have a father and then she lost her mother. And the grandmother realized that the child really loves dancing and it helps her just cope with the situations that she has to deal with, which are, you know, unbeknownst to me, but at least I was able to offer some light in her difficult moment. And she continued dancing. She went to the National School of the Arts. I helped her find one of my sponsors um, in France, sponsored her um, tuition at the National School of the Arts. Then she went to um, Cape Town University. Um, stayed, a one, stayed there one year, then realized that she's also got a talent for singing. Wow. Um, and she also um, did her teachers. So she also teaches English in Limpopo. So not only did I create a dance teacher for Limpopo, um, they also have somebody who is versed in how the journey goes um, and what are the challenges. And then she can offer that to another province. So mm. I'm very proud of the fact that we are now, as Penny's Dance Academy, I'm opening another um, branch in Soshanguve and Kharangua, um, and another one in Durban um, by Mshanga, and then also um, here in Joburg, just getting more to the south, because I'm, I'm more in the north. Yes. Um, so um, she is the inspiration um, for some of the changes I made to try and accommodate my dancers. So just by being around and her love for dancing has helped me see the world differently, has helped her experience, you know, a different way of going through life. I don't know what her other options would have been, but I'm happy that I was able to be part of her life um, in a way that she was enjoying life more. Um, when she was going through difficulties, she at least has, has had assistance from our school because she was staying at the boarding school. So she had a support system, and this was all from the love of dance, literally. Wow, that is an amazing, amazing story. Uh, yeah, it touches my heart. Yes, it, it touches minds too. I mean, I don't personally know her, but at the end of the day, uh, that that's someone that's come from such a, a lot of tragedy, and there you've helped her get to another level altogether, and she's now passing on that knowledge, and that's no, what no, it's no, about. No, Dina. Dina Sekobela. Dina Sekobela. And yes, yes, I think that's her Instagram handle. But I'm only now getting more proficient on Instagram. Okay, (laughs) we will tag you on our post when we post this this, uh, podcast. Uh, Let's see. Um, Now, 
Penny's Dance Academy sounds like it's going places. You said you're in the north, you're going to Mshlanga, you're planning to come to, um, to the south as well. Why, when people join Penny's Dance Academy, what exactly can they expect? So what we offer is ballet, um, yes. basic training. Um, and then if you want to also do your teachers, you can do it with us. We train in the Chiketi method. Yes. Excuse me, I'm a Chiketi trained teacher. And we also, because we have a school, we always need students to train. So our student teachers have an opportunity to train at our academy. Then we also do hip hop dancing. So we work with other studios. Um, myself, I don't do the tumbling and stuff, but um, creating a system where we work with young um, dancers so that they can get their teachers has also created a system where we have um, a group of um, qualified dance teachers who are ready to offer um, international quality work. Um, and then we work with South African Dance Teachers Association with that. And we also offer the latest current trends. So um, now and again, we ask um, piano um, dancers to do a workshop. We also ask um, tra traditional dancers to teach the kids. You know, with interactions like that, we open up the scope so that the choreography um, that they do create in future is telling of a story from a South African perspective, um, which is lacking in the dance um, space. Mm. Um, then also we have our syllabus. I haven't finished my process with um, South African Qualifications, is it Association, SACWA. Um, I'm still in the process of finishing our syllabus as Penny's Dance Academy, but we also understand the bi biology or the um, what do you call the physique? The physique, physique in terms of how best to deliver um, the, yeah, the anatomy. That's the word I was looking for, excuse me. Anatomy. How best to take a child and with the different physical challenges, illnesses. So we don't only just teach the dance element. As a student from Penny's Dance Academy, you come out of our um, training knowing your body, your um weaknesses and strengths, and then also choreograph um, choreographic skills, teaching skills, um, and musicality. So we also learn a lot about music, how to count it, how yes. it's phrased. And so with Dina's story as well, that's how she was able to see that she also loves music and she has a great voice. So, yeah. So there you go. That's, that's what we offer. All about Penny's uh, Dance Academy. Check it out and I'm sure you'll be inspired as we are having this discussion. Now, of course, let's uh, round it all up. Uh, you've been, of course, starting uh, started at the age, uh, young age. You then um, start, uh, did chose a very unconventional route coming from a township in Alexandra, going on to London, uh, coming back, opening a dance academy here in South Africa and now expanding and growing as we speak. What are some lessons that you've learned along the way that you'd like to part with us today? Um, learning to let go is the best gift. And learning to apologize is also a gift that you can give to somebody else because I've made 
mistakes, but by viewing them as learning opportunities, I have allowed myself to grow with the person um, instead of creating tension or, um, you know, a bad review. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a position where I could do better, I acknowledge what I didn't offer the first time and then ex- excel and grow. And that's the best lesson I've learned. Just let go if you've realized that that didn't work. Is there another better way of doing things? Then the sooner you jump on board, the sooner everybody's happier. <laughs> why should an artist not be complacent? I'm sorry, can you say that again? I said, if you're an artist, why should you not be complacent and say, oh, I've reached a stage where I think I know it all and um, I've done enough? Mm-hmm. Why would you uh, think that an artist should never be complacent? Oh, because the arts are a description of our life daily. So life moves on daily. You know, one, if you're stagnant, you are getting ill. <laughs> so I believe very strongly that as much as dancing is rigorous, my body having to push every day and work different muscles um, is allowing me to stay young in a sense. Um, also health-wise, um, I'm on top of my game because I'm staying healthy, especially at a time like now in Corona. So not only does an artist need to look after themselves in their, and by honing on their craft, um, and that always has changes in and of itself, but also health-wise, you always need to do so much more because artists have, I believe, have so much more to give. You know, it's so emotional. So you have to make space by making sure you look after your your, your craft, your your um, tool, your body. If you're a work, you know, if you're a pianist, you got to make sure that you do what is necessary to make sure that you can keep doing what you're doing, and also get it to the people that need to hear it. So technology is moving, so you cannot be complacent. You like, it would be like shooting your own foot. And another point that comes to mind um, in, in the arts, which I do see very often, is ego becomes a real problem, doesn't it? So if I'm, uh, I've got one accolade to my name and I'm like, I'm this so-and-so, why is that a bad thing? Um, it's not a bad thing if perception it's is <laughs> It's not a bad thing if you look at it as I have now reached a milestone, but what Become- else can I do? Yes. Not that I've reached this and now I'm better than these people. You know what I mean? Perspective. Yeah, it, it, it just changes things a lot. If you can just look at yourself as, okay, great. I got my grade one. I'm looking forward to grade two. Rather than grade one, all those nursery people must just know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, helping yeah. on about your spouses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I, I, I do, I do. Now, you've had some amazing accolades to your name. I know you featured on the Oprah magazine. Um, you've even worked with Nelson Mandela. If we were to end off right now, if you were, mm-hmm. if you were to look back at your life and say, out of all the accolades that I received, these are the top two or three that really stand out and why? Um, okay, so the first one, my, my bursary, um, was life-changing. Um, when I was in high school, going to Brunel University in London, was life-changing in that 
at the time, my parents had just finalized their divorce. Um, and I was very close to this guy who had really violent tendencies now and again. Um, and so I was struggling to communicate my struggles with this person who was very unaware of spatial boundaries and things like that, a discomfort of sorts. Um, and so the, it, it's almost like the, the scholarship took me out of that situation and allowed for me to focus on my talent. And therefore today I can be here having the opportunity to be interviewed by yourself because of that change that that's like life changing. Mm -hmm. And then the second one Where did you get is, all the scholarship from? Was it from the Nelson Mandela, the scholarship? Where was the scholarship? Oh, yes. So Nelson Mandela worked with Sainsbury. There's a um, Woolies, that side. Yes, yes Sainsbury. I called yeah. it a Woolies-like shop. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yes. It's so not Tesco, it's, it's Sainsbury. Doesn't it look like Woolies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, so um, I mustn't say Lady Willis, Lady Sainsbury, who's the wife to the husband who created um, the Sainsbury um, franchise, was working with Mandela to create scholarships for dancers in South Africa to have their diploma in dance so that you can be qualified. So that's what I was grateful for. Now I have the paperwork to back up what I've learned. Not only did I just do the exams and stuff, I actually have an actual diploma. And now it's been converted to a degree. Because, you know, back wow. then, I think they were just putting it together. So yes. I don't know how that works. And did you get to meet Mandela when you, when you actually got the bursary? Um, yes, we went to the union buildings. Um, and he had very thick, soft hands. <laughs> I was thinking, gosh, for all that time in, in prison, I thought he'd have hard, hard hands. Yes. But nothing of the sort. I'm Very a, tall man. Yes. I was going to actually tell you, I met him in London, believe it or not, when I was there. Oh, and wow. An amazing uh, man and absolutely tall. I remember shaking his hand until today. Uh, you know, you can just feel that there was something about him. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah. That's very true. He had an aura to him that yes. was beyond normal. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> and then the Oprah thing happened as well. What was that about? Oh, um, so I was chosen as, it, it happened at a time where I was very busy, like now type of um, mm. time, um, when I was just with Cassie Ballet, because then I still stayed in Alex. So um, what, I would, what, what they would do is find community builders. Um, and so at, for the Oprah magazine, um, I'd sent one of my students and they made it to study at the Oprah's Academy. Yes. And then later on, one of the editors for the Oprah magazines um, spotted me and I was featured in the O magazine. So I didn't unfortunately meet her, but not yet is <laughs> what I said. Not yet. She might she just interview to you. <laughs> you never limit oneself. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, so, wow, it's been such an amazing journey for you. I must be honest with you. I feel so inspired having spoken to you. If there was one thing you'd like to be remembered for, what would that be? At my love for dance. I absolutely, and I love learning new little, you know, I see the little ones dancing and doing their backflips. I wish um, I wasn't 
aware of the soreness that I would feel if I did cartwheels. But if I could do <laughs> cartwheels all over the place with the new dancers, I would do them. I love dancing. I literally would. Um, and I like supporting young dancers because I understand what it's like to just want to show somebody, like, look what I can do and just not have the platform, you know? Or maybe the platform doesn't allow for you to, like, be in that industry for long because the surfaces that are for dancers, the stages are not always up to par yeah. um, and can cause really serious damage. So I love dancing so much so that I'd like to invest in it and create spaces. And that's what I'd like to be um, remembered for. Amazing. And we wish you all the best for that. And we know you're a go-getter. Life is only beginning. And there's so much more that you you can achieve and contribute to the South African uh, arts uh, and culture, because that's what we're going to be remembered for is, uh, you know, in fact, uh, I was just reading something the other day um, with regards to, uh, we've all been saying that, you know, during this lockdown, we've been at home, we're feeling uh, lots of people feeling anxiety, lonely, et cetera, all these things. It was, besides, we, we thank all the front workers who have done a fantastic jobs, but it was also the artists who created things and kept you entertained during this piece, yes. which we forget yes. about. They made us laugh so hard during the toughest period of our lives. They, I was laughing every day um, because now I had to teach myself about Instagram, YouTube. We have our YouTube page, um, Penny's Dance Academy. So I would just scroll through and see just content after content that would never have had an opportunity. Um, and now um, is now, you know, uh, the talk of the town. And we are able to offer so much more than SABC 1, 2 and 3. <laughs> Yes. In fact, this podcast started during the uh, lockdown as well. We are sitting back oh, well done. in November last year. I need to do something different. So here we are talking. Bless you. Look at Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, we feel it's just the beginning. We've just taken a step in the right direction and there's lots more to achieve. Thank you, Penny. It's true. Very true. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so lovely speaking to you and um, I really enjoyed uh, this chat that we had. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Over the next couple of weeks, we feature a variety of guests who will help us find answers to questions we often think about, but rarely ask on Thinking Out Loud. This is Riyaz Safi saying thank you so much for listening. Till the next episode. Bye for now.